0: Hello and welcome to What Memory, the podcast for survivors of stroke and brain injury. I'm Stephen Masters and I'm here with Josh Reed. We both had strokes. We want to share our experiences, find out how other people live with brain injury and investigate what's new in brain injury research. This is episode four, the resurrection episode. Way before COVID... Josh and I recorded ourselves in conversation at the local Bedford office of Headway, the UK's national brain injury rehabilitation charity. To get the timeline right, Josh had his stroke in May of 2018 and I had mine in June of the same year. So here we are riffing on the rollercoaster journeys we each took immediately following our strokes. Hold on tight, it's a bumpy ride. Okay, so if we were going to go and talk about this, then uh, the reason we're both here, both had strokes, we're in a stroke and brain injury charity room, Um, but how did you get to be here? So I
1: had a stroke a year and a half ago, and it was caused by the fact that I needed a double lung transplant. And so... I had my double lung transplant, and it went three quarters very well.
0: <laughs> three quarters. <laughs> yeah. Well. So it's the yeah. other quarter that really did for you. Yeah. Yeah. So you were very ill before you even got as far. Yes. As well. So that
1: has sort of helped me sort of get through because I had to get through my illness for twenty-eight, seven years. Sorry, twenty-seven wow. years before I even had to think about the stroke. Were so, you born with this condition? Yeah. Yes. And that's... what was it exactly? So I had cystic fibrosis. So oh. it is a lung disease um, and it's a genetic, it's uh, basically what it is, is that, uh, <laughs> how do I explain it? So I have a lung disease, uh, or well, I have a disease, but it mainly affects my lungs mm. and it's uh, you have to do physio uh, two hours every in the morning, in the afternoon. Um, you have to you cough up mucus, you cough up. Uh, uh, you have to have meds uh, for two weeks in and hospital. You've been,
0: like, been like this for 27 years. Yeah. Yeah. Right. So so you've been contending with an awful lot of stuff before this even happened. And when did they decide to give you a what? A.
1: Lung I Well, that. I chose to do it myself oh, my, because okay. my lung function was around 20%. So to give Truth. a context, um, now I'm 81. And that is the sort of average between 80 and 90%. That is the normal person who has lungs. Um, but I was at 20, sometimes going down to my worst was 14%. Mm-hmm. Uh, and my h- highest was 26. So you were struggling? I was really struggling. Wow. Um, and because I was teaching at the time, because I was working um, right. as well, so I was, a teach- I was teaching philosophy and ethics at uh, Sharnbrook, and I was really struggling, and I decided before, I, before the end of term that I would stop and just focus on my health to try and give myself the opportunity to get a lung
0: transplant. Sounds like a great idea.
1: Yeah. Um, and so I had a uh, had a wait. So I had seven attempts for the lung transplant. So this was, Probably took about eight months. How do you attempt
0: an alarm transplant?
1: Well, so uh so you go in the first time, you're like you have ambulances and everything. It's like it's like, oh my god, this is so exciting. Oh, it was it's really everything happen- was happening. Oh wow, okay. Then I had to can uh, shave my chest area. Um, I had to get on, on the lovely gowns that you get in hospital. Oh, yeah, yeah, right, yeah. Uh, the, um, and I had to have iodine and stuff like that put on my chest. So you're prepped yes. for an operation? I'm prepped. And you. Th- I was then sat for six hours on my own, just sort of like twiddling my fingers, thinking, is this this? Is it going to happen? Is it? Because I was waiting for my mum because I had my, my transplant call was at nine o'clock in the morning right and so everyone had gone to work and they couldn't get out and okay. so it was like okay well it, i think i was waiting for like one when they like they could finish it and they could do work because my own work's at school wow. um for it so for them so i was doing that and then I, the seven, six hours went by um, and then my mum and everyone turned up and then it was, oh, these lungs these aren't working. They're not, they're not right. They're not good enough, which I was like, OK. Where did they get the lungs from? Other people who have organ donations who have passed away. So, yeah, so I've got someone have... else's lungs in me.
0: Uh, OK, <laughs> so you have to wait for somebody else to die. Yes. To... They phone you up and yes. say, we've got a spare
1: pair. Just come in, come in. Because some people might be ten hours away, and so they need to get a helicopter right. In. So it's, oh,
0: it's a huge, a huge, operation. oh my god. Um,
1: so this, the first attempt, that was it. I was like, oh. So I had six attempts, which were false alarms, and the seventh one, I it worked. So I got the lucky lungs that I wanted, but I was so at that point, I was very. Uh, jaded about the whole thing I, I was like oh it's never gonna happen yeah. so i was thinking about okay because i couldn't eat that was the most annoying thing was that whatever time it was i could not eat for those six hours beforehand and so i <laughs> you know, know if i was just about to have breakfast and they would, i'd get a call i'd be like ah, i can't eat i'm so hungry The you're gonna have to stay where they are yes um and so i was thinking i all i always i had um after my sort of like false alarms i got a tradition of eating a takeaway so i was deciding oh do i want thai do i want chinese do i want indian i was deciding what okay. um and then reach I, for the menu first oh yes if exactly. you're going to go in for something yeah. like that yes obviously, <laughs> yeah. um and so i had I was thinking about that and then suddenly it, it was, it was happening. And I was like, uh, Oh, uh, what? Uh, okay. Okay. The moment has arrived. Eh? Yes. Yeah. So I was very excited. Um, obviously my mom and other people were apprehensive. Yes. But can imagine? For me, I was like, well, I would die anyway. So I was like, so my lung function was so bad. I don't think I would have uh, survived two months more you think if I didn't have the transplant because one it was so hot the summer afterwards um and so one it was so hot the summer afterwards yeah and humidity is the problem that I had I struggled with most whenever it was hot outside right. and humid and wet then I really struggled so English weather wasn't the best let's say
0: <laughs> okay I can see that uh wow. so yeah
1: Everything went well, apparently, uh, with the transplant. So it went really, really well up until the end when I, there was a bit of a problem and that was a stitch burst. So I started to bleed out on the table. I died. I had a heart attack and basically that was, you know, they managed to patch me up and save me. But basically I was told, my mom was told. Um, that I would be a vegetable, and she knew that oh, I didn't want that. I, I that, was said, not, that was not a nice conversation no. with somebody. Right. So my mum had to sign the papers to say that I was an organ donor. And, and you just yep. donated an organ, you yep. were now going to be that person because i would always been an organ donor since i was okay. 16 well, and good thing. she know she knew that i would want that and i'd convinced her that uh she should be an organ donor and other other people should this was before um i think the transition from opt in to now opt out so you have yes. to choose to not have it so if you have oh, religious right. yeah, yeah. uh, uh things for, for not using not having lungs or something like that it's it's acceptable so but they're more motivated there's so many people yeah. who aren't who are like oh yeah no i would yeah i'm definitely up for that but they haven't done it yet no and now that sort of stopped it so that's good you automatically opt in opted in uh, beforehand
0: so-, so who who made the decision that you should kind of basically i mean they didn't just pull the plugs on you essentially Did your mother say no, you no, can't do that? What no, did
1: they, you say... My mum was like, she had to... Uh, she was like... Um, she was basically... There was a picture. There's a picture with me. And my mum's... With our hands together, that was when I was told that that was it. And she took her last photo of me. So it's there. It's... It's, it's limited. It's it's gone for a And then they had they had So... Uh, what they have to do is that they have to do a brain scan once and then look like get them inside and then do it a second time. The second time, fortunately I did show signs of brain activity. And so they couldn't go around. We'd go along with the operation. Your brain holding a sign, get me out of here. Yes. Oh
2: dear Lord.
1: And so I sort of don't. I I'm completely unaware of this. I this was when I was deep in a coma. Um, so my mum knew that I would be very uh, very annoyed because I was. She was told that I would be a vegetable, and I had already said that I, I've told my mum multiple times that that is my idea of hell. Yeah, being trapped in my own body but not being able to move. That is one mm-hmm. of my yes. Yeah, yeah it's my top nightmare. Top it's nightmare,
0: novel yeah, one. Some people, drowning, some people are
1: drowning, some people are other things, but mine is... Locked in, isn't it? Locked yes, into your lock own in. body. Yeah. Yes. And so I knew that I'd be annoyed with her, um, but yeah, it's, it's,
0: so it took a while. So, so yeah, they had the brain activity on yeah. the second MRI. Yeah. So they knew you were thinking. Yes, but, but- they were
1: like, okay, he's, he's not physically able to move at all. So he's obviously, there's some brain activity, but it might be so minimal that there's some brain activity, so we can't do the, we can't say, got like, no idea what's we going can't on. kill him. Right. But I'll have no idea what's going on, and I'll just be looked after the rest of my life. So that's the decision they have to make. Mm. Awful, awful decision. Yeah. And you were blissfully unaware, unaware. of that in a coma. Okay, so, so you weren't you you in that locked-in syndrome yet. Not that. Not yet. Um, so I, I was completely unaware. It was all my family, my friends, everyone who was dealing with the trauma, trauma of it. Yes. Um, so one of my, like, cause I was, my mum said to all my friends that I had died when she said I, because well, I'd Done the. They were doing the uh, brain scan for the second time, so she said, "Okay, well he's died. I've done all the organ translation, like organ donation and stuff like that." And
2: then she had to say, "Actually, he's
1: still alive, but he's going to be a vegetable, basically." And what? in in a way, that was worse. <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah, and I then see that
0: was going to be a horror for everyone. Yeah.
1: yeah. So, sort of go on to a couple of weeks. I then had, I started to sort of have really crazy dreams. I remember seeing my, my two uncles
2: on the side of my bed, but they were
1: with like loads and loads of animals dressed up like one of the monkeys like <laughs> really? doing the symbols oh yeah okay um, toy like, monkeys. Yeah, yeah yeah like i was almost in like um what what's that when you're a baby and you're quite ill what you put incubator like an incubator oh, yeah, I, yeah. Was put, I was in that i vaguely remember that and i remember all these uh weird things going on i was like so i was like this this is not right this is doesn't make sense right But I I was like, I can't figure out why it doesn't make sense. Because I know my uncle's there, but why are these animals here? I just couldn't understand why... They made so much sense being
0: there, but they also didn't at the same time. It was very odd. Yeah, I can imagine that having a bunch of toy animals yeah. around you. Yeah. Yeah, were well, it to be slightly disorientating? Yeah. Say-
1: and then they, like, they were sometimes real, sometimes they were toy, and it was very confusing. And I was like, and so also I have another memory where I had to hold, the, I had this egg, which I had to keep a hold of and look after. To, which, sort
0: of Tamagotchi style. But,
1: well, no, it was like, it was an actual egg. A real egg? Yes. Yeah. A real egg with a, sort of like, I think it was from a hen, battery farmed hen, but I'd saved it. And I had a to kiki. keep hold of
0: it. And this is a dream, right? Yeah. Okay. Oh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> no, 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 I just want to make sure. Because yeah. I've had very similar experiences,
1: yes. Um, so I had to look after it and I would it'd be like, I'd have to be there. I'd have to be, wait for it to hatch. And then it'd be like days and days and days. And I'd look after it. I'd care for it. I'd do everything for it. And then the day before it would hatch, I would, it would crack or it would open, but it would be still or, and I'd have to start all over again. And so I just remember doing this like multiple times, but it was, it's just, it's so vivid, but it's crazy.
0: Like, how yes. is that I remember when I was in hospital, like uh, two weeks after I'd had my stroke, and um, I woke up and there was a zebra and <laughs> sitting next to the bed. Yeah, which, oh, as you do. Which, which <laughs> kind of slightly threw me because I was thinking, this is, you know, why isn't mm-hmm. the raccoon here? Because it was a raccoon before. Oh, okay. It's uh, turning yeah. zebra. And I was thinking, there's something not quite mm-hmm. right. Not that there was, you know, it should be a human being. It was just it was and I and I in my head I was thinking the simplest way of working out if a zebra really is if anybody mentions it. Yeah. But nobody did. Everybody else walking around and nightness and all that yeah. kind of stuff. And I thought, well, nobody else has seen the zebra. So obviously, or they're not commenting on it. Yeah. So it must be fine. Yeah. yeah. So it's perfectly natural of a zebra <laughs> on World 3. <laughs> <laughs> there we go. <laughs> yeah. huh.
1: But yeah, it's, it's, uh, I realized that after I was in, I was highly dosed with morphine and another drug, I can't remember the name of it, but another drug, which is sort of like an opioid based drug. Right. And I was basically, at that time, I was so close to death that they were keeping me on loads of drugs and morphine to make it as painless as possible. Right and yeah and so so it, you were
0: half awake or not even that you were sort of <sighs> I could
1: hear i think i right, could hear okay. it, but i was not awake not at all no. i remember hearing i could um so i remember hearing conversations so i remember talking i remember the the nurses coming in and doing yeah. the chatting to themselves as right. Well. Yeah, yes. So they were having conversations. So it was like, oh, um, so what are you doing uh, this afternoon? Oh, um, it's Friday night. So I'm. So I had sort of an idea of what day it was, right. depending on when people would come and turn That's up. Um, so I. Because I remember there was this guy, he, and this girl, this young, sounded young, um, and this older guy who was probably in about retirement age. um, And he, I remember his whole life story because he was talking to this girl about it. Um, But I was also like, well, what if someone was saying like, like really bad things when you could hear them as well. I well, was thinking yeah. like, well, that that's makes yes. it scary well, about yeah. talking to someone who could is... Can you hear
0: people talking about you?
1: No. Um, so it was only um, when I... So if I needed to be rolled or if I... Need... So I could, I, could, I could hear it. I could say, oh, uh, so, hey, Josh, how are you? Going to uh, roll... Roll you now, like just to make sure you don't have bed sores, blah blah blah. Um, here's the bedpan, here's this thing. But they were talking the whole time, but just so that I knew what was going on, so I could sort of tell, even though I couldn't necessarily yes. feel it, or I could feel it, but like it was a pressure on my back, or or like so there was a pressure knew, on my back, which I yeah, so they then knew noticed what they were do- about to do. But I could, yeah, it was, it was, it's the whole sort of I think like a really positive thing is always as people say talking constantly to someone who doesn't seem yes yes. doesn't respond that that's
0: definitely they might might still be in there somewhere yes yes as (coughs) I was was an extraordinary thing to do when did you find out you'd had a stroke at what point did somebody say so
1: I probably about two three weeks after the crazy well, well, I was still having the crazy dreams, but probably about a month after.
0: Um, so, hang on, hang on. so they decided not to pull the plug on you. Yeah?
1: Yep, I was decided. I was told I, would, my mum, I that I would be a vegetable the rest of my life, um, and so then mother, about three weeks later.
0: So, your mother was under under the impression that you were going to be what she saw was what yeah. she what, what she got, basically mm-hmm. for the rest of your life and hers. Yeah. What a terrible thing. Yeah. And then, what, you started... Did she know at that point that you'd had a stroke? That, that this was the cause of
1: it? Yes. So I I remember... Well, I don't remember, but I remember my mum saying that the doctors were like, oh, uh, is he left-handed? Mum was like, no, he's right-handed. And I, me- I, re- I remember her saying that she saw... 'Cause obviously she, um my nan died from a stroke. My like so she's been aware of strokes her right. Yes, got it. And she said to my stepdad, he's had a stroke. I I know he's had a stroke. Right. I know this even though he can't move, I know he's had a stroke because he can't use he can't he doesn't have the use of his left hand. So
0: there's a she'd already identified the left.
1: left yeah. Well right. she decided she was like, I can I, I'm 98% sure That's what that you, it is Right, understood And then I Woke up from The sort of coma I got sort
2: of Well enough To sort of uh,
1: From a dream To a nightmare And that's That's always fun uh, Yes <laughs> Definitely um, So I Woke up um, And I was completely blind I could not speak. I couldn't use my right hand side at all. I also couldn't use my left leg because it had been working, but it had wasted away to a point where it didn't have enough muscle strength to actually use it. So you were a shambles, basically. Yeah. Yeah. So again, there's loads of photos which I. I'm using. I'm doing a talk at the moment, and I show the photos of my progression. Right. And it's from me, from me in hospital, right. looking like emaciated, yeah. stick thin, almost my bones and shins like razor thin. Right, um, and it's it's it was shocking. Um, and you know, I remember, I remember one time. I think it was with my. Sorry, yeah, I'm, just, I'm just trying to go through this
0: in my yes. head, So, <laughs> <laughs> Well, so you're about a month in. Yeah. And you've been having dreams and nightmares, yep. but you can't do anything. No. Is anybody else aware that you're you're getting, i say, better, but that things are improving?
1: Um, so my mum is fighting for me, but doesn't know that I'm... Uh, talking and thinking because I can't get that out. I have no way of doing that. She's got
0: no idea you could
2: do anything. I think that because
1: I I remember listening to things and sort of being like making sort of noises almost being like so something was happening something was there so she knew something was there um, but not that I was trapped basically I was thinking fogged fog fog foggedly no Uh, uh, foggedly yeah (laughs) Yeah, yeah. um because I I was still thinking so I could sort of remember things I could remember things about my past but I couldn't create any new memories at that time and so I had to be told over and over again what had happened and stuff like that but I was like, okay, I could tell you exactly when my birthday was exactly what date. So I can remember my life beforehand, but I couldn't express it. I couldn't say that. Okay. Yes, I can remember this. I remember your telephone number, Mum, because I I had it there. I knew exactly what I was. I just couldn't sync it. I couldn't, I couldn't say it. Sorry. (laughs) I couldn't
0: communicate it. Communicate all of that. Yeah. Yeah. Very strange. I know. And I've been through that. That's that's very strange. It's, It's like there's a block between
1: the mental part and the speech. So there's a block between being being able to think it, okay, that's fine. I want to say this. And there's then it's it goes to a point and then it you can't understand you can't can't figure the word out. You can't know what it is. You don't actually remember it. You can't remember what you were thinking. Yes. And then you go, I was thinking this, I was thinking this, and then it slips away and you're like, I was thinking something was very
0: important, but it's gone now. It's gone. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so, yeah. <laughs> I was always chasing thoughts yes. around in my mind. I remember lying there and thinking, ah, "Yes, I, I, I thought, this is an interesting thought." Oh no, it's gone now. <laughs> I, I, I know. It. I was thinking something very important, but it's gone, and uh, it may come back, and it may not. Yeah. So we, we just have to see. Yes, that was a very weird experience. Definitely. Well And there were the. The distance between your brain and your mouth is miles. just. Miles. It was just like you have a thought, like saying yes to something, but the time it would take you to say yes was maybe 15. Well, for me, for you probably long. For me, it was about the longest was probably about 15, 20 seconds before it would actually come together as a word that had shaped itself. And that was just one um, word, but yeah. I thought and I want to say yes. It was like, <laughs> oh, I said yes. Like, oh, right, this is brilliant. Now I've just got to make sure now we get it down to a reasonable
1: time. The other thing that I had was that I would think yes, but my mouth would say no. And that was so frustrating because that it would was... be like, yes, I want a glass of water. But I would say, so my mum would say, oh, do you want a glass of water? I would process it and I would come out and say no. And I'd be like, <laughs> that's not what I meant. Oh, my God, this is so frustrating. And... I just used to be like, oh, I won't have a drink, man. Because <laughs> <laughs> it was too hard it to think. Like, too I was much effort. effort. Oh, yes. So, yeah.
0: <laughs> I remember trying to get, a, having a cup of coffee in the ward, and the nurse said, um, uh, would, you like a, would you like a cup of coffee? And in my head I was going, yeah, I'd love a cup mm. of coffee. So I thought, I'll, I'll try and get, it. yes. But it took so long that she interrupted my train of thought and said, or would you like a cup of tea? At that point, the word yes came out. Yeah. So I <laughs> said yes to a cup of tea, which I didn't want. No. So that was, that was infuriating. You know, yep. That went on for days and days and days. Yep. You, you, they, because people got tired of waiting, yep. quite obviously. And so, yes, I always got the wrong drink. Yeah. <laughs> for, for days and days and days. Yes. <laughs> the, but it made it all the sweeter when but. you could say, yeah. well, yes. I want a coffee. And they're little wins, aren't they? Yeah. In a little bit, I've just managed to say yes to a cup of coffee and got a cup of coffee. This is amazing. Just
1: before they said, oh, do you want tea instead? No, yeah, yeah. I don't want tea. I so, want coffee. Yes. <laughs> so, so
0: now I've got the, the my barrier to entry was I can actually get the word yes in the right yeah, within the boredom basically. <laughs> <whole place.
2: laughs>
0: exactly. but, but bearing in mind that I could speak perfectly normally before that, mm. that, the idea that you could just about get the word yes out in a kind of reasonably timely fashion, as a goal in life, you know, was the worst. I I just thought, what is going on? It must have been worse for you, because you weren't even communicating with people with that time properly. So I remember, uh, so I couldn't say yes or no at the time. At some stage, somebody must have explained to you that you'd had a stroke on top of everything else. And when did that happen? So...
2: I, I don't
1: know. I'm not entirely sure when I was told. So, me and my mum. So my mum's always been uh, very good at telling me. So around five, she told me that I had cystic fibrosis. I was slightly different from other kids. Okay, but then I was like, okay, well, that's fine. And I didn't think about it again. So she's always been very brutally honest. Um, And she also, when I said, okay, I've sort of heard, like, my life expectancy is 30 years old. So uh, is that true? And she was like, yes, it is. Um, So she was very, very honest and open to me about my condition. And so... For me, I think it. Well, like, I think I remember it was my mum who talked to me that I had a stroke. But I sort of I remember it, but I don't at the same time. And then um, I remember the like the stark first time that a doctor from a a stroke doctor came to me and looked at my x-rays beforehand and was like oh god this guy is going to be completely he's completely brain dead he's, he's not going to be able to move he's not going to, able to do this blah blah blah. he came in saw me and i could sit up and i could sort of i could mumble a bit maybe use right. some similar like yeah almost words but not quite and he was like he looked at him and he was like i need oh, one sec one sec he went out my mom could hear that he was like this is, must be the wrong x-rays like, this is this is not possible for the amount of damage that this one person has. Who are these x-rays? And they were like, no, it's his. Like, he is somehow communicating-ish and wow. sitting up and doing that. So I'm, that's when I really, really hit home that it had, I'd had a stroke because I was like, he was a stroke doctor. I remember that. so
0: so he's looking at this and thinking this can't be true this can't be the right guy can even be alive considering he's got this amount of brain damage yeah wow so you're defying medical orthodoxy even then yeah
1: and that's sort of when i when it when it struck home and i i it might have struck home before but not really um i remember that one when it was told i was told well because I'd, I'd heard bits and pieces, so I'd heard, oh, he's not going to be able to do this, or he's not going to be able to do that, or so, um, and I was, I sort of hadn't put all the links together yes. to the point where I was like, but when this guy came and like was a stroke doctor, I was like, oh, I've had a stroke then, so I all these things I can't do, doctors are saying, and so. I don't want to be alive. That was my sort of, I think... Yes, a a perfectly logical conclusion, given the facts. And so whilst I couldn't talk for two weeks, I
2: made a decision. I was like, right, I am going to
1: commit suicide because there's this film, uh, Lamar el Dentro, which is a Spanish film, um and it's about a guy who tried to change the law in Spain to be have euthanasia acceptable right and so he he fights and fights and fights but he's got a t- contingent plan and that is so one person uh, one uh, friend gets the pills uh one person puts the pills in a way that's close someone else puts them in a drink and then someone else gives him the drink. And so no one can be culpable because they've had so many stages of accidents. Yes. Yes. Accidents,
0: quote unquote. Yes.
1: And I I remember listening to, I remember hearing that and being like, okay, so this is, how am I going to do this? And I was thinking of ways that I could do this and get there. And, you know, know, actually
0: get away from this
1: hell yes. that I was trapped in
0: and put off the kind of the perfect bank robbery, which yes. is basically yes, organize five other people yes. to help you achieve it, yeah. yeah, exactly, um
1: and that basically that was for a couple of weeks that was my complete whenever I was yeah, in focus of focus, in, co- yes. in co- um in focus of uh my consciousness like in. In there, and like, say, I was like, oh, right, okay, this—that was my reason to exist, yes. was to find a way to then, <laughs> yes, entice- to cease
0: to cease to exist. Yeah, yeah right,
1: Which way, I, 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 yeah, I think that is a very natural reaction from where
0: I was. It's a perfectly logical conclusion to draw yeah. from all the available facts at the time, isn't it? Yeah.
1: Really? Um, and then there was, but the reason that I ended up not doing that was multiple people. It was uh, family. I was like, okay, it's, it's going to ruin my mum. Yeah. She's already been through so much. I can't even imagine. And so I was like, okay, but, you know, I still really wanted to do it, but I was like, oh, she'll she'll be affected devastated. devastated deeply devastated might not make it herself um and then i was like oh no but my, my that's my stepdad so my stepdad is can look after her with her so i was thinking like trying to convince the con- myself the contingency plans <laughs> out. yes you know in in it so i was like trying to convince myself that that was the right decision to make so i was like yes. that was you know i was like okay my step okay that's fine my stepdad is going to be there for her when this happens when i do this yes. then i you know i was thinking oh, okay i want my friends okay oh, um well they they will know that i had no choice um and you know i was i was thinking I was putting, were, putting
0: thoughts into their heads about how, how they, they might emotionally to, react to yeah. your situation i kind of empathize with you and think well you yeah, know indeed he did the obvious thing, which, yeah. which they themselves might have done.
1: Yeah, in if if the same been situation.
0: Unfortunate situation they were in, yes.
1: And then uh, probably like a couple of weeks in, I ended up talking to... So my friends started to come. Um, so they'd obviously, they'd come when my mum had said, okay, that's it. So they, a few of them had uh, been able to make it to hospital to say say goodbye and stuff like that. Um and then a few of them came just after they said that my mom said that I would be a vegetable but I would be still alive and so they they came um, and I don't remember it <laughs> so yeah like no. it, and I was like oh oh like actually there might be more hurt than I realised I was like oh <laughs> <laughs> I
2: like,
1: this, this is, I'm, yes, I'm convincing right. myself not to now. I'm like, oh God. I, I, I yes, have, there's, too too no is,
0: there's too much, there's too much for other people. Now yeah. To, 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 pull this off. So exactly. I might have to rethink it.
1: Yeah. And, and I remember there also one
0: time, like one of my were friends. You, sorry. Were you getting better? Were you, I mean, slowly, but surely, are you, well, I'm, writing, you I'm getting past these places and now you starting to talk. Well, so I'm, I am
1: talking, but like very, yes, no. And then thinking things, um, but not being able to say them. So I'm like, okay, this is what I want to say, but I can't say it. So do you think other people knew you were thinking? I don't know. I, I, I'm not sure. I'm not sure. Um, you know, I think that, that people could sort of tell that, I was there yes but how much i was there i'm not sure that they knew
0: must be possible to tell yeah
1: and uh, that's the thing like so i one of my friends came and he said all right ticket as he always as he always has um and I, i sort of like was like okay i need to process this and then that was the first time that I remember laughing. Oh, right. Yeah. This was the, like, I remember like being like, it's not funny at all, but it's exactly how he's always But it's like a private said. joke, isn't it? It's like a, yeah, like, like, a yeah, term of address. So even though it took me like a couple of minutes to process <laughs> right, yeah, what yeah. it was saying, I was yeah. like, I was laughing. And that was the first time that I'd properly laughed and belly laughed. And right. I think that was the point
2: when, like, my mum, my friends
1: knew that he was actually in. I was still in there. And that was the time that I decided, however bad it was, that I wouldn't commit suicide because I would still be able to laugh at least. And sort of knew enough that was going on around me that I yes. could laugh and yeah. So that that so that, that was, was that a, was the turning, turning point definitely. Humor. So okay, black humour, black, <laughs> black humour, which it, I think is definitely. Well, a, I
0: think everybody who's had a that I've met now has a, a little vein of very really dark humour oh running yeah. through them. Um, yes, which, yes, because I, I went through a very similar thing, nowhere near as appalling as that, but. Um, Yes, that, that I went through a period when I was thinking I'd be better off out of this yes. than staying in it, um, but that eventually passed. But it was a struggle. Yeah, I was. Oh God, yeah. I, I, I was think- like you. I was thinking of of reasons to be around. Yeah, and they gradually became more and more. And exactly. I, was, I was getting less about myself and thinking about other people. Yes, exactly.
1: And that, I- that's the sort of the real turning point when you start thinking about other people yes. rather than your, because it's very selfish in a way to be like, no, I don't want to be here. It's understandable oh, okay, in a lot really. of cases, but it's very selfish because you're not around to see the devastation that it causes. Yes. And so, yeah,
2: it's, it's, it can be, it was very difficult.
1: But if you can get to the point where you're like, I'm not, Staying alive for me, I'm staying alive for everyone around me. Then you get to a point where you're like, actually, things start happening where you become, you have a, you have sort of, if you have your own, you have, you give, you have all those people and you're like, I'm, I'm having, I'm keeping my life for their sakes, not my own, don't care about my own, but for their sakes. Then you realize that actually they do the opposite for you. They, yes yes so they they say you know they say things and they do things and you're like actually I'm really happy to be alive that's that's the sort of the point where you the first point is that you have to be like right this is I can't do it for myself I don't care about myself I'm going to do it for other people and then slowly you're like, actually other people are helping me so much and doing so much for me that I feel worth yeah. living yes
0: so and also you really- you'd be also making so negative anything they all the effort they put into yeah. you and all the investment they got in your in you with their time and their yeah. energy and effort that if you suddenly took that away from them, they'd be it'd be like they failed something yes and they exactly would live with that forever wouldn't mm. they so i can see that yes we've got into a very dark subject very dark <laughs> area, <which laughs> I, I didn't think we would actually start with suicide i thought we we, we would do something about suicide a bit yeah one, but it's actually, well, it turns out it is very, it's one of the first things that happens, isn't its is, yeah. is that Is that, that thought is there so yeah. early on. And Definitely. It, and, and it takes a while to get away. But when you go,
1: you get away from it, you're like, you're so happy you have every second of every day of yes. life there. Um, and so it's not actually until sort of like, well, I, for me it was, Couple of month, a month, couple of months in that I realised that I did want to be alive, and I was like, right. But that that's, was that's, the impetus
0: for That's me. quite incredible, isn't it? If you think about it, I mean, I had my stroke, what, 18 months ago, so it's about the same sort of time.
1: Yeah, so a year and... So it was last May. June, for me. So,
2: um...
0: Yeah, a year But and- I'm thinking that, you know, in that time you've come a very long way yeah. in a very short time because I've only come as far as I am now in 18 months, mm. but you've gone from near-death experience. Well, yeah. it's always near-death experience. But, I mean, you were a razor's edge yeah. off that. Off that, to then, to, And somebody's saying, well, you know, this can't be right and for the brain scan and then, and then saying, well, he's going to be a vegetable. for Because nobody ever said about me that he's going to be a vegetable. Yeah. Everybody always said, oh, well, he will recover. But how much, you know, but <laughs> yeah. by how much we don't quite know, and of course, that was the worrying thing for me yes. was well, I was comparing my life before to, to the, the predicament I was in, and thinking, This, really? Right. <laughs> this is really not, not, not what I had in mind. because um, I just retired, yes, and I would literally been retired about nine weeks, mm. bang, yeah, and that was it. And I thought, I don't want to spend my retirement with this, I'm not gonna, yeah. you know, I don't want to spend those 20 years just. What I thought then was kind of, it wasn't going to get any better. Yeah. A half-life. That oh. was it. That was my, yes.
1: like, just massive fear was that I would be looked after the rest of my life, but be trapped the rest of my life, but not be able to reply or not be able to say anything. That would be like that, that that is, <laughs> oh, I know, yes. <laughs> um, yeah, scary. Yeah. Um, but fortunately, at once, so I had this, this uh, like experience. I was like, right, okay, I can laugh. That means that I can probably do anything because I was told my doctors were like, nothing will happen. You won't, you, you won't be able to walk. You won't be able to do. And I was like, well, I can laugh. So I'm going to ignore the doctors hey, completely. Yes. And go my own path, and if I do well, that's great, but if I don't, I'm going to fail on my own terms. Yes, so I've always been very stubborn, I've always been very motivated myself, and I've not let anything sort of bother me. And I was like, no challenge is too difficult, so I was like, so for that, for that. On that moment, I was like, right, I am going to try and walk. I'm going to try and uh, talk. I'm going to try and see as much as I can, because it was only my optic nerve that was damaged. So I was like, there's nothing wrong with my physical eyes. So I was like, right. So I didn't want that to sort of like stop me doing as much as I could. And you got years
0: of basically resilience before that, did not you? Yeah. Exactly. So you had a kind of, you could draw on a deep well of kind yes. of fortitude, so to speak. Because that's the thing. It's like you've been doing that for so long. Yeah.
1: As a CF, your CF patient, you're always knocked down over and over again. But It's how you get, pick yourself up that makes a difference. So I know lots of people with cystic fibrosis who have the same mentality as me. And they are stubborn, they're willful, and they are going to do what they want when they want yeah it was that will to live that sort of ended up getting me to through to the point where i was like right i'm going to do as much as possible to get better
0: yes because i i like our situation to as we got on our graphic that kind of um the jungle bit which is it's like a plane crash in the jungle, isn't it? Yes. And you're on your own, and you've got nowhere to go. You don't know which way is up, and then you're slowly kind of hacking your way through a jungle, trying to find your way back to yeah. real life, in a way. And you know, along the way, you're kind of picking up clues. Like if it's downhill, there might be water at the bottom of this. Yeah. It's a river, and the river goes to the to the sea. So if you follow the river, we might get somewhere. But all the time, you're just using a you know machete or something, yes. just cutting your way through the jungle. And I feel that. That we're both going through something very similar,
1: and it feels very isolating as well. Oh, huge. That is the most thing that well, the thing that I remember most: feeling like completely isolated and thinking I was the only person
0: who was going through. I had never this. met anybody who'd had a stroke before. who's not in the family. It's not in amongst my friends or anything like that. It's never happened. So. And I've always been a very healthy person. Yeah. Up to the moment I had the stroke, yeah. I was in tip top condition. Yeah. Um, in in I went to the gym three times a week. I was even though I retired, I was working part-time. Segment segueing into retirement. I thought it was a clever, clever little scheme. Yeah. I would, you know, I wouldn't lose all my faculties. I would, wouldn't sort of uh, just fall off the wire. I'd just take easy it nice off. and easy, yeah. easy it off. So-, so I got it all worked out beautifully My my health actually wasn't even a consideration yeah. you know, of all the things that could possibly go wrong in my life. Uh, that wasn't going to be one. Yeah. The
1: Health was the lowest. Health was literally <laughs> lowest the very
0: lowest priority. At all. I wish perhaps I hadn't had the cakes now, but <laughs> <know>. <laughs> but the thing was I, I didn't, I hadn't thought about it. So yeah. when it did happen, I had um, no understanding of what was going, was going on. Mm. Even when my wife said to me, I think I in a stroke. Yeah. I was thinking,
2: Oh, really? Yeah. I don't
0: think so. I'm just feeling a bit under the weather. But of course it was getting worse and worse and everything yeah. like that. And actually working part time, even though I retired on the day that I had the, the stroke. Yeah. I was with a group of people. that so I started having the symptoms, which I know now are the classic signs. Yes. I didn't have the GP mouth, but I, I lost control of one of my arms, mm. my right arm, and I was thinking, oh, that's a bit odd. But I still hadn't hadn't put two and two together. Yeah. And then, actually, what I did, I thought I'm a bit. I feel like I've got a bit of flu because I had flu earlier in the year, in the February. The worst oh, okay. flu I'd ever had in my life. Right. And I've actually taken four days off. Mm. Oh, wow. And um And I, and I thought, mm, yeah, I've never been this ill. This is, I can't even get out of bed. It's terrible. Um, so, oh no, old age and flu. That's yes. not gonna, That's not going to be a i I've got to look out for that in the <laughs> future. Little did I know that this might have been
2: sort of an early trigger. Yeah.
0: Of, of all of that, and then. So I'm having the stroke and not realising it, so I, I get in my car and yeah. I drive home after <laughs> the A1. Wow. You know, by the time I got home, sort of 20 minutes, 25 minutes later, I was virtually out of control. Of yeah. I was all over the place and um, got round the roundabout to go up the little road to my house. And now, by that time, I, was, I, I knew something was seriously mm. wrong, but I, but I was starting to lose the ability to even hold on to my thoughts yeah and i thought i've got to get home i've got to get home and then i pulled myself out of the car and managed to get it. eventually couldn't get the key in the lock for ages Ooh. and then it's only when i was in the hall and leaning against the wall looking and sounding like completely drunk yeah oh yes so my wife thought hmm. well he doesn't treat when he's working and he doesn't drink when he's driving so it could be a stroke. Yeah. And she started doing something about it immediately, which was amazing. Yeah. And um, that happened. Otherwise, I think it would have got a lot worse, a lot quicker. Yeah. But um, not knowing any of that, and then to out of a clear blue sky, suddenly yeah. descend into a stroke. Yeah. is a very frightening experience, because you just don't know where it's going to go. Yeah. Oh, exactly. And, and you just think I think it's because it's... losing my mind, I'm losing control of my speech, my eyesight, my... Everything's going, you know, (laughs) and
1: I think this is not good. Yeah, because in a way, I'm like, I look back and I'm like actually it could have been a lot worse for me, because I was I, as you said, like I was already primed to be stubborn, to be uh... I'm going to challenge... Yeah, like, you've got... Challenges. I'm, or I already have that... You've got three basically. But, but if you're... As you are, like... You were completely fine for... Yes. ...60 years, um... Then... You have a stroke and you're like... What's so happening? What this a is... This is completely river. alien experience yes. to you. I'd had... I'd, feel, I'd felt awful loads of times... But I'd just got used to it... And been like, okay, well... Need two weeks hospital... Done fine then get on with my life yeah um but yeah i can imagine that that's almost way more scary to being completely fine for yeah most I, of my life i
0: suppose i suppose it is in its own, it's more, it's more its more its own extreme. way it's more extreme because mm. i i've I, I, freelance for a, most of my life the idea of taking a day off was pretty much alien to me anyway yeah. so the idea that suddenly i could get into a state where i could l- literally not do anything yeah it was the worst case and i couldn't think of anything else that was worse yeah. <laughs> the photos josh talked about are up on our instagram page at what underscore memory two. they were intended to be the last pictures of him ever taken thankfully it didn't turn out that way And if, like us, you're troubled by thoughts of suicide following brain injury, like you've got your exit strategy all worked out, in the UK, go to any NHS hospital A&E department, where they treat it as a life-threatening situation and a crisis team are there to help you. Or contact the charity Mind, or the Samaritans. Or chat with your GP. They will take you seriously by the way before you go the best way to contact us is on whatmemory2 at hotmail.com that's w-h-a-t-m-e-m-o-r-y followed by the numeral 2 at hotmail.com what memory is our personal podcast any views expressed appear to our own or the personal views of our guests we are not expressing the views of any organization or business thanks to our amazing audio editor Jamie Rutherford, professional audio producer and fellow brain injury survivor. Okay, we're done. The only thing we know for sure after brain injury is that the future is unknown and daunting, but we've come to realise it only gets brighter if we plan for it to be that way. Bye for now.